So after my last two videos on what Apple Silicon really is and what it really means, I got a bunch of questions from all of you asking where that left Intel Macs, especially since Apple is still gonna be releasing more of them. Sponsored by CuriosityStream, now bundled with my streaming service, Nebula. I'm Rene Ritchie, and if you wanna be the first to know what's really happening with Apple Silicon, Intel, and the Mac, hit that subscribe button and bell right now. Okay, so at the exact same time Tim Cook announced that the first Apple Silicon Mac would be shipping this year, he also announced that they still had some new Intel Macs in the pipeline, ones that they were really excited about. And why? So first, Apple Silicon is gonna take some time to roll out. When Tim Cook said we'd get the first system by the end of the year, he said the first system, singular, as in one system. Sure, it could be more, but we can't really expect any more. He also said the full transition would take two years, as in it could be two years before the specific Mac you want gets released with an Apple Silicon system on a chip. And sure, Steve Jobs said it would take two years for the PowerPC to Intel transition back in 2005 and ended up taking less than one year. But past just isn't always predicate. Things could go just as well this time or Tim Cook could just be far more accurate about the time. Either way, if you need a new Mac now, 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 you may simply be in no position to wait for the Apple Silicon version later this year, next year, or seriously, in as long as two years. And you should know my standard advice by now anyway. Wait as long as you can wait to buy. Buy when you absolutely have to. Buy the best you can afford at the time and then have zero regrets because there will always, just always be something next. So if you need a Mac now and you just can't wait, don't feel at all bad about it. Just get an Intel Mac now. It'll see to your immediate needs and when the time comes for your next next Mac, an even better Apple Silicon model will be on the market. And especially if you're a high order bit pro, where time is literally money, new systems are paid off by the studio or a single client or a single gig, getting all of that now could just be more than worth it even if you plan on getting an Apple Silicon Mac whenever they arrive as well. And if that's your plan, just jump down into the comments and tell me which one you're waiting on. So I have this friend who's like a nerd's nerd. He's written software that's literally been used by billions of people on every platform. And there's two things he just doesn't do, beta and buy Reve boards. And what he means by that is really simple. He has to work, he has to produce, and he has absolutely zero time for anything that will slow him down or hinder him in any way, which is what cutting edge, never mind bleeding edge software and hardware does. That's why he's always a point version or two behind on his operating system and software updates and a generation or two behind on his computers and cards. And that's, that's totally legit, totally valid as computing choices go. For some people, having the best and the last of the old is just a much smarter, safer, more predictable, more practical position than having the first and least well-known of the new. So yeah, I'm here waiting and just totally obviously salivating over whatever Apple Silicon Macs we get first and soonest. And if you are as well, hit that like button and let's just see how high it can go. But him, he's just sitting there laughing and more than happy for me to be the beta tester, the guinea pig on all of that and for the next year or several. Just sitting there waiting to see how that family of Apple SOCs really perform, how that Intel platter really, really gets served by the Apple Silicon sandwich 
how Apple scales up from ultralights to pro laptops to desktops to workstations, how those storm-based CPU cores really compare to Intel's endless lakes, how the custom GPU face off against Intel embedded and AMD dedicated, never mind NVIDIA, how universal memory works compared to the PCIe buses, what the RAM and storage stories end up being in the specialized silicon versus general purpose computing plays. And he's just laughing, waiting to spend his money on that 10th gen RDNA iMac or MacBook Pro. And maybe some of or many of you are as well. Let me know in the comments. Now, as much as Apple loves to hold an event, show off a new product and say orders start today or this week and they'll be in store or at your door like immediately, if not within a week or two, when it comes to really new products, as in really new product categories, Apple typically announces them way earlier than when they ship, sometimes a month, sometimes several. And that's not to give Tim Cook time to personally come to your house and baseball bat your old Mac so you'll just have to buy a new one. It's still not safe for him to travel. But no, seriously no, to give developers time to get their apps ready. For Apple Silicon specifically, there are a couple of ways apps are gonna be able to run. First, existing Mac apps will use Rosetta 2, which basically emulates Intel on Apple Silicon. It does a lot of smart things, including translating on download, install, and dynamically as needed, and it'll probably run just way, way better than a lot of people are assuming right now, but it'll still be emulation. Second is Universal Binaries 2, where developers have the existing Intel version, make a specific version for Apple Silicon, bundle them up, and you just get the right version on your system when you hit download. Basically, don't wait for the translation, just answer the question. Many, if not most developers, especially indies who really care about the performance of their software, are gonna jump on that, like Mario on a Super Mushroom. But many, if not most, still isn't all. Just like not all 32-bit plugins and apps got moved to 64-bit in time to survive the red upgrade that was Catalina, not all Intel apps will get moved over to Apple Silicon either. Sometimes it's because they're older apps and the people who developed them just aren't around anymore. And sometimes it's because they see the Mac as just a niche market and think they can't justify the effort or the costs. And sometimes it's because their own internal resources and priorities or just politics makes it so that it's gonna take them a bunch of months or a year or more to do it. You know, like Google with iOS app updates. And if that app happens to be a bleeding edge game or far more critically, a high performance audio or video tool or 3D or scientific modeler that you depend on for your work, then Rosetta 2 just isn't gonna be any comfort to you at all or help really. And if that app or game doesn't even exist on macOS to begin with and you've been using Bootcamp to run Windows on your Intel Mac, well, Bootcamp isn't even gonna exist on Apple Silicon Macs either. That's all just end of line. So if you need Windows, like a good old fashioned Windows on Intel, then you're gonna need an Intel Mac for a good long time still. And that's why Apple is still closing them out. Even with delays in the roadmap and shipping chips and issues with lockdowns and shelter in place and just getting the Mac lineup just all good and all updated on the latest Intel and AMD chipsets and promising to support them with new operating system for years to come, that just creates the best and strongest foundation for everyone before everything that comes next. It just takes all the pressure off all the customers and all of their concerns. Just like the Curiosity Stream and Nebula bundle being back down to $14.97 a year, yeah, a year just takes all the pressure off of trying it. And it's why I've been calling it the better best deal in streaming today. 
Nebula is this amazingly cool streaming video service that I'm building with a group of educationally creator friends. People like TechAlter, T1J, Real Science, Jordan Harrod, Ali Abdal, Legal Legal, Thomas Frank, and many, many more. It's a place where we can try out new things without having to worry about the tyranny of the algorithm or being demonetized or just being told to stay in our YouTube lane. And there's also amazing originals like Tom Scott's Money or Alex Goes Bananas, which you might just see me in sometime soon. Also the working title series where a bunch of us take a look at a bunch of our favorite TV shows, something that would just never work with the algorithm but works fantastically well on Nebula. And it's also a place where we can post all of our regular videos, videos just like this one, without any ads or sponsorships at all. We can even put up special and extended versions of our videos. Like I've been posting the full length versions of my interviews on Nebula as well. 45 minute chats with iJustine, Brian Tong, Walt Mossberg, and more to come. Again, things that would just get buried here by the algorithm. And now, because Nebula comes bundled with CuriosityStream, you also get access to thousands of documentaries and series by people like David Attenborough and Chris Hatfield, which, again, 26% off, $14.97 a year. A year. Just go to curiositystream.com slash Rene Ritchie for unlimited access to the world's top documentaries and nonfiction series. And now, Nebula as well. You get them both for less than 15 bucks, and it really helps out this channel. Thanks, CuriosityStream, and thanks to all of you for your support. Check out the Apple Silicon playlist right here, and see you next video.